the Jets want Aaron Rodgers. They're probably going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. But does Aaron Rodgers make them a Super Bowl contender? I think it depends on what your definition of contender is. And I'll explain what I mean on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, March 23rd, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. These things help the podcast out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. And today, our episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Well, today we're going to have our weekly mailbag. Each week we try to do it on Wednesday. We missed it last week because of all the free agency action, all the Aaron Rodgers action. And this week we were going to do it on Wednesday, but the Elijah Moore trade had something to say about that. So finally, we're getting to our weekly mailbag. And once again, thank you so much to all you listeners for sending in your questions. We could not do a mailbag show without mailbag questions, so thank you for producing them. And we're going to begin with the topic on everybody's mind. Of course, that, of course, is Aaron Rodgers. Chris writes, a lot, of the, a lot of the talk about how Aaron Rodgers makes the Jets a Super Bowl contender, although it seems like they have a fair amount of work to do for that to be the case. Do you think it's realistic that they can upgrade the offensive line, add another playmaker, and still fill in the holes on the defense created by free agent losses? Robert Sala and others th- talk about running it back with the defense, but they've lost Rankins and others. They don't have a ton of cap space, and there are not a lot of impact players remaining in free agency. It seems like even with Rodgers, they would they would likely be a playoff team, but a few significant steps away from being a real Super Bowl contender without a fair amount of upgrades. And then there's a follow-up question. Any chance you could get Joe Beningo on sometime would be amazing to hear you interview him. I would love to interview Joe Beningo. I just have no idea how to get in touch with him. I, I've loved Joe. I grew up listening to Joe Beningo. He's one, one of my absolute favorites. Um, but as far as the question, does Rodgers make the Jets a contender? I think it's complicated. Could the Jets win a Super Bowl with Rodgers next year? Yes. Is that the most likely outcome? I would say no. And I think that, you know, in, over the course of the NFL season, you have things that you can control and things you cannot control. And to win a Super Bowl... You don't just need the things you can control to go right. You need the things you cannot control to go right. And some of that's injury luck. Some of that's, you know, in a big game, not having a bad call go against you. I mean, that's the Philadelphia Eagles about that. I mean, a championship game can swing literally on a call, on a suspect call. And there are all these all these other factors here. So when I think about something like this, I think about, like, if we played the season 100 times, what's, like, the median scenario? What's, like, the middle scenario for the Jets? Because you'll have your, your incredible scenarios at the top where just like everything goes your way. And you'll have your, your terrible scenarios where nothing goes your way. So when I look at this, I mean, the terrible scenario is Rodgers is disinterested. You know, he's just cashing a $60 million check. You know, the Jets make a lot of big moves, you know, big names, but guys who really aren't focused. You know, lots of personalities, lots of personalities in the locker room. 
there's some clashes, the team gets off to a bad start, it all falls apart, you know, maybe, you know, maybe even, you know, another alternative to that, you know, the nightmare scenario would be like a major injury to Rodgers in training camp and the season just falls apart. So that's like at the very bottom. Those are like the, the like, if you play the season out a hundred times, those are like going to be the worst case scenarios. The best case scenario for, for the Jets is something like, you know, Buffalo regresses, you know, maybe another team, maybe other teams who are contenders are injury prone. You know, they, some somebody's quarterback gets hurt among the, the, the big teams in the AFC. Rodgers comes out. He's got something to prove. You know, he's angry with Green Bay and he's going to go out and go out and prove it. The, the defense, you know, continues to dominate. Quinn and Williams takes another step forward. Sauce Gardner continues to be great. Um, you get you know, you get the type of play you're looking for. Garrett Wilson takes that next step with with a motivated Rodgers becomes a 15 1600 yard receiver. The Jets win 13 to 14 games. You know they they're a top two seed in the AFC and they go and they win the Super Bowl. That's a scenario that's like I think like maybe like the top five. If you play it out a hundred times, that's like one of the top five scenarios. And to be honest with you, that's a higher scenario than practically any other quarterback could give you. I mean, I don't think I don't think like the 95th percentile scenario with Derek Carr is winning the Super Bowl. So I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, when we talk about raising the ceiling, and that's an overused phrase, but I think Aaron Rodgers does. In the scenario where everything breaks right, Aaron Rodgers can take you to that next level. But the median scenario, I think, is what you played out. They like if we're talking about like the 50th, 51st, 49th. Again, we're playing the season out 100 times. The 49th, 50th, 51st best scenario for the Jets. I think it's something like what you laid out, a team that's likely to make the playoffs, a team that I would guess probably wins somewhere between 9 and 11 games, but a team that you know has some pretty substantial holes to it that prevents it from going higher. You know, I think right now, if, you, if you're being objective, I probably would say Buffalo would be the team to beat in the AFC East. I think that the other, you know, Kansas City is the team to beat in the AFC at this point. I think they're pretty much the default team to beat in the, in the conference. Cincinnati's right there. I think the Jets are behind those three teams, even with Aaron Rodgers right now. And I think that the Jets need an awful lot to break their way in order for the championship to happen. And I look at this, and I guess this goes back to some of my trepidation about a trade for Rodgers. That it's that to win a Super Bowl, you need things to go right that are just beyond your control. And you can never guarantee it's going to happen. And I think, you know, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay maybe taught us some of the wrong lessons. Because first of all, that Bucks team was just loaded with star power. It was loaded with the talent. And I'm not saying the Jets are an untalented team. You know, we're past the point where the Jets are have a bad roster. I don't think they're at the level that Tampa Bay team is. And Rodgers, you know, he's not the guy he was a couple of years ago. You know, I think the, is, the arm is still very good. And so I think Rodgers will give you quality play this year. But I don't know if he's an MVP anymore. I think this, in particular, if we're talking just tangibles, he doesn't have that mobility he used to. And for me, one of the things that really set Rodgers apart in his day, you know, back when he was the guy in the NFL, was he could throw the, like those 40-yard lasers on the run. And he could hit a receiver in stride. And I don't know, the, I think the arm is still there, but I don't know the mobility is there where he can still get on the run as much. And I think that this especially concerns me on the offensive line with some of the issues the Jets have there. So my guess is that the median scenario, the, the scenario in the middle is probably the Jets make the playoffs, the Jets end their 12-year playoff drought, which, you know, is something. I think Rodgers probably is somewhere in the back half of the top 10 when we're talking about quarterback performance. And the Jets are probably one of those teams where maybe if they get hot at the right time, things could break their way and they could go on a run in the playoffs. It all goes back to price for me, though, because, you know, there's a price where Rodgers makes sense to me. I think that, you know, I think this is part of the stalemate. I think Green Bay, the Jets should be insisting Green Bay pick up part of this contract. 
And the Jets should not be offering good picks for this guy. I mean, Packers don't want him. So I think that there's a price where, and I guess this, when I come back to, I'm not necessarily against the principle of trading for Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a price where he makes an awful lot of sense for the Jets. I think that, I think that the scenario I've laid out, I think the 12-year playoff drop, there's some utility to it. There's just a price where anything makes sense and anything doesn't. So I guess that's kind of where I come from uh, on this front. Now, as we continue this episode of the Locked On Jets podcast, we're going to get into that price on Aaron Rodgers. How much is too much? I'll give you some thoughts on what uh, uh, on this potential deal between the Jets and Packers. That's as we continue this special Thursday mailbag edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the NFL offseason. There's plenty to talk about. Jets could be getting Aaron Rodgers, other moves happening, but there are no games right now. However, this is one of the great sports weekends of the year because we got the Sweet 16, we got the Elite 8 in the NCAA tournament. It's heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. We're doing a special mailbag show because we missed our weekly mailbag on Wednesday. Let's move on to a question from Brian. Brian writes, hi, John. Obviously ecstatic about the Rodgers news. In my opinion, even in his twilight years, Rodgers will end up being a top five quarterback in franchise history, which is admittedly pretty sad. Here's my proposal for Green Bay. I, like you, do not want to give up a first round pick, at least not right off the bat. I would, however, offer to swap first round picks with Green Bay this year so they would get pick number 13 and we would get pick number 15. A small thing, but at least something to show we are working in good faith. Then I would offer a conditional fourth-round pick next year, which would become a third-rounder if we make the playoffs, a second if we make the conference championship game, and a first-rounder if we win the Super Bowl. What would your trade offer be? Thanks for the daily Jets content. Well, thank you, thank you, Brian. I, I, I go keep going back to this. The, the Jets are the only team interested in Rodgers. The Packers can't bring him back. There are no other bidders out there, so I don't understand this talk that the Jets are going to need to give up a first-round pick. I don't understand this talk that the Jets are going to need to give up a second-round pick. Now, I think what Brian says, you know, that could help Green Bay save a little face. And despite, you know, what she, despite the perception out there, dropping from 13 to 15, not a big deal. I, I think that that's fine. I actually would not have a huge problem with that because I think the perception is that's a, that's a huge drop. In reality, you, your odds of hitting on 15, hitting at 15 are roughly about the same as they would be at hitting at 13. So that's fine. And the other aspect of this is, like, if the Jets are going to give up something of value, they need to get something out of this deal. So I like the conditional pick. And, of course, you know, if you go back to 2008, this, the it's funny because a few months ago I felt like this would not be the case. A few months ago I figured there would be a lot of teams in on Rodgers, and it, it just has not panned out that way. And in 2008, the Jets made a deal for Brett Favre, and essentially the deal was based on – it was a it was a purely conditional pick. I think it was a fourth-round pick as at a minimum. I think if Favre hit a certain – snap threshold it would be a third round pick i think i want to say if it was the playoffs it'd be a second round pick all the way to a super bowl resulting in a first round pick now to me that's fair i, I like that proposal from brian because that mean that's based on what the jets get out of it to me that to me like and i i'm not one who i've i mean it's tough for me to say because unless green bay's 
taking on part of that a big part of that contract. I don't know if I'm giving up anything for Rodgers, but to me, a conditional pick that that's something that makes sense because then then it's based on performance. Then the Jets are essentially getting what they pay. It's a good way to get, get guarantee you're going to get what you pay for. Now, what's going on with Green Bay? You know, it's difficult to say. I, I don't. I get, and I think part of the challenge with this is that everybody needs this deal to get done, but nobody needs to, this deal to get done today. You know, Rogers doesn't need to be. Rogers doesn't really need to be on the Jets until uh, training camp to start working with his receivers, and for that reason, the Jets don't really need Rogers on the team till training camp. Rogers not going to come to the offseason program. At least I, I don't think he would anyway if he was on the team. So you know, they're almost doing Rogers a favor by. Uh, by dragging this out because ultimately, you know, if it, it, you're just eliminating a distraction, you're, you're eliminating a distraction. Why isn't Rogers here at OTAs? Green Bay doesn't really need to get a done deal done either. And, you know, you could say that, well, they need to, they need to get a, uh, a 2023 draft pick. So they can't wait till after the draft because they're trying to build around Jordan love. Well, if the, let's just say hypothetically, the jets are offering a second round pick right now. Is the second round pick really going to be the thing that makes or breaks Jordan love this year? And beyond that, I mean, I think you only really need, I think especially as a GM or a head coach, you really only need to get a pick this year if your job's on the line. So like a Joe Douglas, you know, if he was if he was making a trade like this, he'd need to get a pick this year. Joe Douglas at this point of, of, of his tenure could not do what he did back in 2020 when he traded Jamal Adams for a future pick. Joe Douglas' is on, job is on the line this year. I don't think the Green Bay GM or head coach's job is on the line this year, so they can afford to wait. And for the Jets, it's almost better because, again, Joe Douglas' job is on the line. So if he doesn't have to give up a pick till 2024, that's good for him. So it's it's a, a situation with a lot of interesting dynamics, and we're kind of in a stalemate right now. And part of it's, you know, as much as people want to talk about, oh, the Packers have so much leverage, I see this all over the, the, national, the national NFL media, which tells me the Packers have a lot of ties to prominent members of the national NFL media. It doesn't tell me the Packers have a lot of leverage. The whole thing with leverage is it, it, leverage. You only have leverage if you're willing to walk away from the deal, and nobody's willing to walk away from this deal. Jet, Jets have no plan B. The Packers can't bring Rodgers back to. I mean, can you imagine the spectacle if they brought Aaron Rodgers to training camp this year? What do we, What do you do? Are you, are you going to bench Jordan Love now? Are you going to have Rodgers be the backup? I mean, come on, they're not going to have Rodgers be the backup. So essentially, your plan with Jordan Love goes out the window, and Rodgers is not. I mean, look, Rodgers is not going to walk away from sixty million dollars. So. Again, everybody's got an incentive to get this deal done, and maybe something. I, I think it's going to take a while for this for this to happen. And I think it could end up being something like Brian suggested, where a conditional pick is you know it's one of those things that maybe allows everybody to save face. And now, will the Jets trade thirteen for, for fifteen? I I kind of I don't know. I, I I like the Brian proposal though. I think I think Brian's head is in the right place. I, I think that's a pretty logical. I think that, that would be a pretty logical deal for, for the Jets. Our next question, is there any insight at all about why we have not gotten something done with McGovern or another center? For all the fair criticism you can make of the job Joe Douglas has done with the offensive line, you cannot say that he has failed to prioritize the line, he or at least make it look good on paper. So it's hard to understand why we are sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, I have no idea. And this, this is the whole thing is I think I get accused of being a huge McGovern fan, which to an extent I am. I mean, he was, I thought he was the best player on the team in 2021, but he did not have a lot of competition that year. The bigger issue though, is that I I've scanned the field looking for a good replacement. I, I have been looking through the draft prospects. I've been looking through, and by the way, you should never go into the draft, you know, needing to pick a player at the center position because 
centers tend to not go very high in the draft and beyond that. Now, if we're talking about drafting somebody on day two, I'd never want to count on a guy picked on day two to start. It's a nice surprise when it happens. But, you know, there are no really great free agent options either. So I- I'm puzzled by what the Jets are doing. And McGovern, at, the, at least at the time of the recording, is still out there. So maybe there's something we don't know about as far as the rest of the league goes. But I'm with you. I- I'm really kind of confused by what's going on. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll talk about another kind of unsung jet. We're going to talk about Bryce Huff. What's his contract situation? Well, we'll discuss it a little bit more as we continue this Thursday mailbag edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast here on this Thursday. Let's continue with our mailbag show. Our next question: Do you think Bryce Huff gets a? Do you still think Bryce Huff gets a long-term extension, or do you think he plays out his one-year contract? Or do you think another team will sign him away? So I don't think I ever said that Bryce Huff will get a long-term extension. There's a difference between will and should. If I were the Jets, I would be very interested in working working out like maybe a three-year deal with Bryce Huff. And I, I go through the, through the reasons. First of all, he's a guy who was signed as an undrafted free agent. So he really has not made much money. Second, he's a restricted free agent. So the Jets still have some degree of control over him. And most restricted free agents just end up signing a one-year deal with their original team. So you know, he's still a year away from getting a payday. Third is he's been a very good player. But he hasn't been so good that he's guaranteed a deal on the open market next year. He's one bad year away from his market essentially going away. So all of these factors, you know, give the Jets a tremendous advantage in negotiations because the Jets essentially can give Bryce Huff a deal that, you know, guarantees him, you know, essentially sets him up for life. But they're in a spot because they have, now you want to talk about leverage. This is a spot where their leverage actually exists. The Jets have leverage because essentially because of the things that I mentioned, you know, Huff's lack of, you know, the lack of earnings so far. The fact he's still a year away from getting paid, and the fact that you know he's a risk, you know, he's one bad season away from not getting paid. That's leverage, and that's the type of thing the Jets can give him enough money to take care of himself for life, and they can essentially convince Huff to potentially leave money on the table because if Huff has a big season in 2023, he could be looking at a big payday. So if he can get it blocked up this year to a longer term deal, maybe like a three year deal, then you essentially you'll have a player at great value for two years. So I think they should. I think what probably happens is the Jets, you know, re-sign him to one for a one-year contract, which is what happens with most restricted free agents. And then a year from now, we've got a negotiation on our hands. You know, I don't love it, but I think that's probably the direction the Jets will go. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't think I ever predicted it will happen. I just said I think it should happen. I think what will happen is most likely what I said. He'll sign a one-year contract, and then next year we will, uh, next year we'll be negotiating. And our last question, with the Jets being in the media capital of the world, why are they not utilizing this to pressure Green Bay? They could easily let it slip out a couple stories after the draft without. And our last question, with the Jets being in the media capital of the world, why are they not utilizing this to pressure Green Bay? Can't they leak a story about being interested in Lamar or potentially moving up in the draft for a quarterback? Of course, Rodgers would have to be informed that we were doing this for the pressure. Well, I think the challenge with this is kind of what I laid out before, is that the Jets really need to get Rodgers, and there is no plan B. And the thing is, you know, if the Jets are leaking this out, I think it's going to be kind of transparent. I mean, yes, I, I think the Jets should be interested in Lamar Jackson. I think in a lot of ways he's a he'd be a logical fit. I think he much more lines up with the, the time frame of the current core of the roster than, than Aaron Rodgers does. 
but it, they've already telegraphed what they want to do. I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear that if they were going to move on, they would have moved on already. And the fact that they let Derek Carr go without signing, you know, the fact that they just said we're not interested, we're interested in Derek Carr, but not until the Aaron Rodgers situation is done, it kind of shows you where they are right now. And that's one of the reasons I felt like they really should have set a hard deadline on this Rodgers thing. I felt like if Rodgers wanted to be here, and it sounds like he does, the Jets should have made that happen earlier. And they should have tried to work out a deal sooner with Green Bay so that they could have a plan B. But because they've let this slip, now essentially we're in the stalemate. And, you know, listen, the stalemate could end tomorrow. It's not like it's not like it's impossible these, these teams could strike up a deal. So I don't want to act like, I don't want to put you into total panic mode, but I don't think the Jets played this right. I said it at the time. And, you know, I, my concerns at the time were actually more Rodgers, you know, who guy who was showing himself to not exactly be the most honest broker when it comes to being the offseason when it comes to figuring out what he's doing in the offseason. Now, to be fair, Rodgers has actually been pretty transparent, at least since he did the McAfee show last week. The issue has been the Green Bay Packers. And essentially because the Jets, I think, and I understand that there are other factors here at play here. I understand the Jets don't control all the cards in a situation like this. But the fact that Jets did not show more urgency before the start of free agency has essentially left them in this position where they're in a stalemate. And I think Jets probably get Rodgers. I think in the end it's probably a moot point, but it's. I don't think leaking anything to the media is really going to impact things now. I think the time for gaining the upper hand was when there were other options available that were credible. But now, even if the even if it leaks now that the Jets are interested in Aaron Rod, uh, in uh, Lamar Jackson, are you really going to believe it? Do you really think the Jets are interested in moving up in the draft? I mean, I just don't think. If I can see through that, you can see through that, I think Green Bay will be able to see through it. So, you know, it just comes down to when these teams are able to get to the negotiating table and work out a trade. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, please a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.